Hey friend, are you swamped with scheduling, bogged down by bookings, or overwhelmed with managing your social media? This message is for you. I would love to introduce you to my secret weapon, StyleSmart VA. This is a company of virtual assistants literally designed by hairstylists for hairstylists. I found them through an interview right here on the podcast, and then shortly after found myself booking a discovery call because I was drowning in administrative tasks and needed help. It's been a few months now, and I can't tell you how much my VA has changed my life. No joke, friends. I am such a believer in StyleSmart VA that I decided to bring them in as an episode sponsor here on the show. Listen, as creatives, our focus should be on the clients and our craft. And now that I have my virtual assistant, I can devote more of my time to exactly that. The beauty of hiring a VA through StyleSmart is that they come to you already trained and able to seamlessly step into your business. From managing appointments and client communications to handling your social media presence, StyleSmart virtual assistants free you up to concentrate on your clients. And that's a change your clients will notice and appreciate. I mean, can we say elevating your perceived value? So when you're ready to level up in your business and take some weight off your shoulders, head on over to StyleSmartVA.com and book a free discovery call today. You'll also find the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. StyleSmart VA, empowering beauty professionals to focus on what they do best. Well, hey there, friend, and welcome back for another episode of the Your Hair Mentor podcast, where I am your host and your hair mentor, Crystal Green. What is happening, my friends? I have had a really fun week this week. If you've been following me on my social media posts at all, you might have seen that I have posted a couple times about sauna. Um, gosh, literally like a year ago, I became interested in getting a sauna and having access to a sauna because I did some research on it. And the health benefits just sounded so awesome that finally my husband and I decided to pull the trigger, get a sauna at our house. Um, we had a very big year last year in 2023. It was our 40th birthdays for both of us and our 10-year wedding anniversary. And so we were like, let's treat ourselves. So we got one of these beautiful barrel saunas and it is in our backyard, finally hooked up like five months later. Long story short, it takes a lot of effort to get the electrical company here, the electricians, all hands on deck, upgrading our electrical panel. Anyway, I'm so excited. I've been in a much better mood this last week, having saunaed every day, I highly recommend that you look into getting access to a sauna. And let me tell you, I am not like sponsored or um, being told to talk about saunas in any way, shape or form. I just am here loving it. And um, if you want to know more about saunas, I'm going to direct you to my episode number 24, where I talk about if sauna is good for your hair or not. And truly this kind of sparked my interest in the topic of saunas. Um, and all of that happened because I had a client reach out to me and ask if sauna was bad for her hair or not. So I was like, you know what? Good question. So go check out that episode if you're curious at all. And um, if you have any questions about saunaing, reach out to me. I'd be happy to explore that with you. But in this week's podcast episode, 
we're not talking about sauna. Um, I'm actually interviewing a friend of mine that I met virtually a while ago. Her name is Misty Jane, and she is also a podcaster. She has a podcast called the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast, and she was one of those people that the more I talk to different industry leaders and experts and people in the beauty industry, the more people said, you need to talk to Misty. And now that I've met Misty, I understand she is so sweet, so genuine, so smart, and really, really passionate about helping hairstylists figure out what to do with their finances. Um, So our interview was fantastic. I loved it. I know you'll be able to tell just from the energy between the two of us that we get along really well. And like Misty, if you're listening to this, we need to meet up sometime in person because I feel like we would be really great friends. So anyway, friend, um, I'm going to go jump in my sauna while you listen to this podcast episode with Misty Jane from the Cash Confident Stylist podcast. Yay! Well, Misty, I am so excited to have you on the Your Hair Mentor podcast. Um, as we were just chatting about prior to recording, I've been kind of cyber stalking you for a while and That's just normal. feel like, I know, I'm like, why did it take me so long to get you on the show? I just feel like our, our messages are so aligned and like, I just feel like I enjoy your energy. So um, yes, I want to talk about what you do. I want to talk about where you came from. But first of all, can you tell us the trip that you just got back from? because oh my god yes so i just got back from rome italy well i don't know why i always feel like i have to say both just in case um <laughs> uh so actually it was a retreat for jody brown um if you do not follow jody brown i highly recommend it she's amazing um and she does marketing and branding for the hair world so not just hairstylists but also educators and i signed up like immediately because she's just my person and i'm so glad because i'm obsessed with italy now i like cannot wait to go back i will be back next year i'm bringing my husband this time it was uh it was everything I wanted it to be and more. (laughs) Your pictures look so amazing. You guys were staying in this like beautiful villa or something, right? Yes. It was a 12 bedroom villa. Like it, we had a pool granite. It was a little chilly, so we did not get to get in the pool. Um, we had somebody come and make us these authentic Italian meals two nights. We had somebody come and we got to make our own pizzas in the pizza oven that was out on the terrace. Like it was a dream dream come true. And then there was like great education too, but like, you know, (laughs) right, right. Yeah. That was going to be my next question was like, was it just like a fill your cup, go do something fun kind of retreat? Or you were like digging into some like meat and potatoes of business stuff. Very much digging in. I mean, and Jody is really good at very impactful, like, um, I don't even want to say classes because it's really more of like sitting around and kind of brainstorm. It's like a mastermind, right? So she's very good at pulling things out. So the cool part about this retreat, because I've been on retreats where it's like nine hours of just like constant education and you feel like your brain's going to melt and there's no, like you're just exhausted. This was like, we'd have like two hours of like solid, impactful, like a a million aha moments. Like I broke down things that I've had in my head for two years and finally like created a plan around it, you know, and then two hours of that and then it's fun. Mm. (laughs) So it was a perfect balance. Like they, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing for sure. And I feel like what better place to do that than Italy, where I feel like they're like known for just being like, you know, not um, blase is the wrong word, but like casual about work and like enjoy life and love yourself. Yes. 
That is exactly, I, this is the first place I've ever been that I did. I mean, I love my husband and son and I'm very much miss them. They were not, they did not meet me out there like we originally wanted to, but this is the first place I've ever been that I really did not want to leave. Like I told my husband, I said, I just want you to fly here. Like I'm not ready yet. And I was there nine days. So normally you're like missing your routine routine. I was like, no, I I like it. Like, I don't want to go home. Like I'm kind of sad to be like back in the U.S. to be perfectly honest. (laughs) That's crazy. Well, gosh, I'm like, I'm gonna put this on my radar for next year. Does she does these trips every year, like annually, right? She she does. She has one in Spain. um, That is, I think this April, I will not be able to go to that one. And she's doing Italy again in October, which I will be at again. Mm, Amazing. So that's my Jodi Brown plug. Escape to Elevate is her, is the handle that it's her and um, her partner, Nicole, who's an amazing photographer that put these on and it's, it was a thousand times worth it. That's so great. Oh, well, thank you for sharing about that. I was like, yes. that's the first thing I want to ask you is about this trip that you just got <laughs> back from. Are you even, are you still jet lagged? I mean, hasn't it only been a couple of days? It's all, yeah, I got back Friday. Today's Monday. Um, you know, what's funny is I've been waking up earlier and going to bed, or waking up earlier, going to bed earlier. So it's actually almost felt like a reset. Like I'm, I normally like, like to lay in bed longer. Like I have felt so energetic during the day. I'm really tired by like five, six o'clock, but like, that's okay. That's the time I'm supposed to be tired. So it hasn't been too bad. <laughs> Great. I aspire to be an early riser myself. I'm not naturally. I'm totally a night owl. And I just mm-hmm. know all the people that I know that are very successful in life, in business, just get up early, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, mm-hmm. feel like, I feel like I want to challenge you on that one. Bring Is it. that true though? Is that true? Or have you talked to a handful of people who say that or books that say that? Yes. The shoulds. Yes. Right? Yes. Well, I will say like there are people in my life personally that I feel like I look up to as, you know, productive, uh, well-balanced people that tend to get their exercise done in the beginning of the day. They get like work things, tedious things done in the beginning of the day. And then by like three o'clock in the afternoon, they're just like relaxed in their mind where I'm like, oh shit, I've got 10 things that I didn't do earlier that I need to get done before the end of the day. And I'm racing around. So I always am like, maybe I just need to wake up early. I don't know. Yeah, or time block, right? So I'm yes. not I'm not a night owl or early riser. Like neither one of those are my jam. I like to sleep. I just like my bed. Like I want to go to bed a little early and I want to stay in bed a little longer. <laughs> um, but I feel like once I realize that my brain doesn't even start working until like 11 o'clock in the afternoon, I stop beating myself up over not doing anything before 11 o'clock. And it has kind of been a game changer because there is this idea like we have to do things this way and this is how you should do it. And this is what makes you successful. And I just don't, I I really don't agree with that. I feel like you can find what works best for you and you can time block any way you want. If your brain starts working at three in the morning, okay. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. that's going to be your work time. Um, So yeah. Well, I I feel like this is probably a perfect segue into (laughs) having you introduce yourself uh, professionally and what you are doing. Yeah. So, um, well, my name is Misty Jane. We've kind of, you know, I feel like you already said that, but, (laughs) um, so I am a money and life coach for hairstylists and I'm a podcast host as well. So the cash confident stylist podcast, um, essentially my whole mission is to get people to get their financial shit together outside of the salon. So I actually help people with their personal money mindset, their personal like financial literacy, um, just kind of the basics of money because I realized very quickly that the hair world, 
world has a very skewed um, relationship with money. And I personally had that skewed relationship for a very long time, um, probably 15, 16 years of my career. And it wasn't until I actually decided to address it and learn the actions you know, reshape my mindset, all the things, because I think mindset and action go hand in hand. I don't think you can really have one without the other. Um, And it completely changed my life. It changed my career. It changed the way I did things in my business. Um, It changed my life in general. Um, You know, I'm able to go to Italy, you know, for nine days. I'm able to completely stop my behind the chair career to pursue education and coaching. And so I'm here to kind of spread that message to hairstylists as well. Yeah, I love that. Can you unpack for us a little bit what that previous mindset was? Like, where were you at that you were like, oh, this isn't good? Oh my goodness. Yes. So I basically grew up, my parents were divorced and I had one parent who was like, as long as you have good credit, you can buy anything. So it was like, you know, whatever I want, I get it. But when it came to long-term goals, that just wasn't possible, right? That included patience and it included planning. And that wasn't like a part of what I learned. And then on the other side, I had the scarcity mindset where I would see um, another parent rolling coins to be able to get gas, to be able to go to work. So I had two very, almost too abundant and like too scarcity kind of working against each other. So I basically bought whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. I was like, I have credit cards as long as I can pay the lowest payment. I can just do whatever. And my husband and I, um, we had just had a baby. Um, I'm trying to think. I think I was about 15 years into my career at this point, 14 or 15. I'm at 20 right now. So maybe it was 14. Um, And I was in a commission salon. We lived in a small townhouse. I was exhausted. I was ready to quit. I wanted to give up. Like I was burnt out. I could not take any more clients. Like I could not make any more money. And we still just felt broke. So we kind of got to this point and this crossroads where it's like something has to change. Like like something is not right. And for the longest time, I blamed it on... Um, I blamed it on not growing up with money. I blamed it on not winning the lottery that I never played, by the way. <laughs> like, <laughs> like how many times have we been like, I just want to win the lottery, but you've never actually played it. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, I blamed it on not going to college. I used to say that all the time. Um, and I had this, like, I just wish somebody would hand me a hundred thousand dollars at that time. It probably wasn't even that much. Right. Um, and I, just realize something's not right. Something is not right. So I kind of started seeking out information and I found this DVD and it was like, I think it was like a hundred bucks. It was like the DVD, the book, whatever. And I remember at that time being like, I can't, I can't spend that like a hundred dollars. Like, you know, just having this mindset of like, even that hundred dollars is a waste, but I would drop 150 on some Lululemon leggings in a second. Right. Mm -hmm. So I ended up pulling the trigger and buying it. We watched this DVD and it completely like, I was like, holy crap. Like, how come nobody ever taught me this? How come like I, nobody says like, hey, like you should actually like not have debt. Like I was just kind of taught that you're an adult and you're just supposed to have it. And that's normal to have it. Right. And so we, my husband and I sat down and we had wanted to live in this particular neighborhood. Um, And we used to drive around that neighborhood and say, we fucked up. I can cuss on here. Correct? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just meant to ask that before. Uh, we're real. Um, we're real here. <laughs> okay. So 
you know, we fucked up. Like, you know, again, we didn't go to college. The people that we knew that lived in the, this neighborhood, like, you know, their parents were pilots and like things like that. Right. And um, so we sat down and we really assessed our situation. We looked at what was going on. We looked at mo- where our money was going. We realized we were $48,000 in debt. I had no idea. I knew we had debt. I had no idea how much debt we actually had. So we sat down, we actually created a plan and two years to the day, cause I cut up my credit cards. We decided we weren't using them at all. And two years to the day, we paid off the $48,000 and four or five months later, we moved into that neighborhood. And I still, I mean, I'm sitting in the house right now. Like I still get emotional thinking about it because changing my financial situation completely changed my life. Like And I don't, you don't expect that. Like you think it's just going to put money back into your account, right? But it changed the way I did business, right? Like I was no longer fitting people in. Like the burnout started going away, you know, because we make all of our decisions based around money, whether we realize it or not, you know? So if somebody cancels, you're freaking out because you can't pay your bills. But if you actually can like create a plan and like, you know, get the relationship you have with money different, like you're able to actually show up in your business differently as well. So to say it changed my life is like a complete understatement. Um, That was a very long answer to a short question, but (laughs) (laughs) that's all right. We just, you know, we're here, we're being real. It works. I like it. Yeah. talked about before we started recording is like, I don't know how people do like 15, 20 minute podcast episodes. That's just not my jam. Right. No. Let it fly sister. Yeah. <laughs> um, was the, uh, the DVD and the book that you found Dave Ramsey? It was. Yes, it was. And it's funny because we we stuck with his way of doing things for about two months. I would walk around the grocery store with an envelope of money. Um, Yep. Did all the things right. But I realized very quickly that we were not going to get to our goal if we continue to live that way. Yeah. So I try to really coach my stylist in a different way of like, hey, like it's still your life. Like you still have to live your life. So we started actually incorporating what I call the the win, celebrating the wins um, into our spending plan. So we were like, okay, we're scheduled to pay this credit card off on this date. We are going to plan to go and have a $300 fancy dinner on that month when we pay it off. So like I, we realized, like I hate this whole like, if you're in debt, you can't live your life. If you're in debt, you shouldn't step foot in a restaurant. So I realize I'm thankful for Dave Ramsey because he opened my eyes to what I needed at that moment. But I also like did not want to live in shame because I already lived in enough shame. And what is the point of trying to get through two years is a long time to have a goal, right? Like it's very easy just to be like this, you know what? This sucks. This sucks. I don't want to do this. Um, so I like to coach on like value-based spending. You know, what what is it that you want out of your life? How can you make that work with your goals as well? Rather than just, hey, you have to give up all of your joy and all of your pleasures to hit this particular goal. Yeah, because that's not sustainable for anybody, right? No. That's what I found with Dave Ramsey as well. Um, I have kind of a similar story to the point where I was like the frog in boiling water and didn't realize I had all of this debt surrounding me. And my husband was the one that was like, uh-oh. Because yeah. I've I've just been like, same, same similar situation where and then I was like rolling in this money and I'm like, I'm just going to buy whatever I want because like I deserve it, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And uh, I found uh, Dave Ramsey's method really tiring, like literally yes. like carrying that 
little envelope full of cash around was like stressing me out. I did Mm -hmm. not like that feeling. I like that it taught me to pay attention to things, but then to me, there was not like a sustainable practice at the back end of like, okay, so now here's how you live the rest of your life and you be happy. To me, it was like just this very regimented thing where I was like, yeah, okay, I used it to get out of debt, but I'm like, that's not really for me long-term. Right. I feel like it kind of keeps you in that scarcity mindset, right? And like, that's kind of the whole thing where mindset has to come into play. You know, it's like, for the longest time, I thought living in this neighborhood wasn't for us, you know? And like, I feel like if I kind of would have stuck with that Dave Ramsey thing, I kind of would have still felt that way, right? Like, well, now I'm penny pinching and now I'm having putting money in an envelope. And you know what I mean? Like it, it would have kind of kept me in that, like, yay, we did that. But now we have to hoard our money again. And like, I don't know, it just didn't sit well with me. I like life. Mm-hmm. I like certain things that I want out of my life. So I think that it doesn't have to be so regimented because I do. I think a lot of people give up for that reason. I cannot tell you every single one of my one-on-one clients, actually, I'm pretty sure every single one of them tried to get out of debt before, you know, whether a lot of them went through Dave Ramsey and and it did not work because you're just constantly being shamed and, and judging yourself for your choices that you made in the past that you're trying to get out of when first you have to like forgive yourself for that shit first and then be able to find ways and take the action that is going to give you the confidence. Because a lot of times we just don't trust our own financial decisions because we've never made good ones. Yeah. So you've got to actually start making the good ones and then learn how to go, hey, Misty, you're actually making good financial decisions. Be proud of yourself. And then that keeps you going. Then it feels like a game and it's a fun one. I love that. Okay, so you started with Dave Ramsey and then you got out of debt and then you're like, okay, that's not for me. Was there someone else that you looked towards for advice or like how did you kind of cultivate what you're doing now? Oh my gosh. So it's funny. Um, I never thought this would be what I was would do ever. Like if I looked back, I'd be like, no. So I had a friend, um, Sarah Marie. She it used to be the blonde, or I'm sorry, she used to be, um, she's one half of Coco Lemon. Okay. Um, if you follow Coco Lemon, she's here in Virginia, but um, she used to be the vivid brunette on Instagram. Okay. And I was doing her hair. No, I'm sorry. She was doing my hair. I was a model. And she um, asked me, I, we were talking about my, my money story because it was pretty fresh. And she asked me if um, I would come to her salon and teach a class. And I had never taught a class. I had known that I wanted to be an educator of some sort. I knew that like I had something to give to stylists. I just did not really know what that was. And I said, yes, because I'm that person that just says yes to things that feel good and not terrify the fuck out of me. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Cause she's like, just come and tell your story. That's all you have to do. And I did. And it, it was a very low ticket. I think it was like $55 a ticket. It sold out. There was like 25 girls. And I walked out of that knowing my direction because it's just not being talked about. Everyone talks about money. Everyone talks about six figures and bringing in more money and income and and budgeting in the salon. Nobody is talking about what to do with your money when you get at home. Nobody. And it's so damn important. And I just went, I rolled with it. I just, 2020 happened and I went all in. I actually completely walked away from behind the chair for 10 months and Um, I mean, it's three years later and here I am. (laughs) That's so cool. And so then what are you doing these days in your business with your um, digital business? And then are you back behind the chair? 
Yep. So I work behind the chair one day a week um, on Wednesdays just because my hands were bored. Um, I don't take new clients. I only have like the one, my OGs. Um, so I really enjoy that now. Um, I'll probably give that up next year. We'll see how things go. But, you know, it's getting to the point now where I have more I need to do at home for this business. Um, so I do one-on-one coaching calls. I do a group coaching course. And then I sell um, mini courses. So if somebody is looking to get out of debt, then I have my buy-by-debt blueprint. That That's like the DIY. Like you, you buy it, you do it yourself. It has your calculator in there. It creates your plan for you. Um, and then the podcast. Um, I record um, on Thursdays and Fridays and, you know, one person a day and that's pretty much it. And it's great. (laughs) You know, it's so funny. Um, Most of the entrepreneurs that I've had these conversations with that either used to be full-time hairstylists or um, maybe even only part-time, like don't want to give up that one day a week in the salon, Mm -hmm. you know, at at our hearts, we're creatives, right? And it does bring us joy to go and work behind the chair. And it just feels like I think a little bit of a treat to still be able to go do that and like do the things that you could do with your eyes closed, really. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I completely walked away for 10 months. I didn't know hair for 10. And I did not say I'm coming back in 10 months. It was very much like, hey, I'm retiring. That's it. Um, And then I realized very quickly that like I spent my whole career being constantly validated. So I, you walk into the salon, people, your clients come in, they're happy to see you. They love their hair. They hand you money. Validated, validated, validated. And then I moved into a business where you have to do a lot of things on the back end. I mean, my course took me almost a year to create with no income, right? Um, And I realized that that was very difficult for me and my mindset. So I went back behind the chair because I I was searching for that validation, to be perfectly honest, you know? Um, And it still is nice, (laughs) (laughs) even though now I am finding it, I'm trying to learn how to find it within myself, but you know, we're all a work in progress. Right. Um, (laughs) but yeah, so, but I do, I enjoy it, but I mean, I don't know. There are days where I'm like, I don't want to get ready today and go into the salon. And the beautiful part about the coaching business is I can be in my comfy clothes and yeah. you know, do, do this still. Absolutely. I'm in bright turquoise yoga pants right now and you can't even tell. Yeah, right. I have I have my big comfy wide legs on right now. <laughs> well, I'm so glad to hear you bring up that that piece of validation. I, I kind of did a similar thing earlier this year. I walked away from working behind the chair to focus on this, you know, podcast and digital business and courses I'm making and all this stuff. And like, you're right. There's no, okay. I get, uh, some fulfillment out of having conversations with interesting people, right? Like that fills yes. my cup, but mm-hmm. like, I wouldn't say that's validating. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not like the instant gratification that we get from our clients where they come in and they're like relieved to be in your chair and they're so happy to be there. And they're like all ears with everything that you're giving them. Um, and I had a few clients, ex-clients reach out to me and they just weren't happy with where they were at. And they're like, oh, do you have anyone else? And I was just like, okay, fine. Just come over and I'll do your hair. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. okay, I'll, I'll get you, I'll get you in. Like, let me just, let me have that dopamine hit. You know, it yes. was like, yeah, let me help you, but because it makes me feel good. Right. So that's Do really you interesting. Home? I, yeah, I have like a studio that's my all-purpose studio here. You can see my chair behind us here. I, that, I see that. Okay, good to know. I like so, that. I like a that lot a of lot. the times it's empty now, but, you know, I do have some people that I'll, I'll pull back in because, and I think it's really rooted in like, it makes me feel validated. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. And I know, and, and it's funny because for me, a lot of it was a money mindset as well, because I think there, I know that I had the misconception that you hop into education and you post things on Instagram and people buy from you. And for anyone listening, that is not how it works. (laughs) So true. So for me too, it was like, okay, I had kind of prepared to like, all right, I'm possibly not going to get paid for six months in my head. You know, it went longer than that, you know? And again, you're, you're working, you're building. I was not an educator before this. I was not out in the world. People did not know who I was. I was just a stylist. And I say just a stylist loosely because we know that we're way more than that. But um, so starting from scratch, I didn't, I didn't work with a brand before that. I didn't have an audience before that. Um, And then moving into, it's very hard to work on something that you are not seeing the money for right away. So that was a money mindset that I had to shift along the way, because I always say your money mindset is a journey and you're never, ever getting to your destination. Like there it's, it's a constant evolution. Um, but that kind of actually is what pushed me into going into life coaching as well, because I realized it's not just about the numbers. There's this, there's this worth behind us, you know, you know, our finances, um, do we deserve the money that we want to make? Do we, are we worthy of the money we want to make? Like, because the first time that somebody bought my course and I was sitting on the couch watching TV and I got a ping on my phone felt gross. Like it, it, you know what I mean? Like it, it didn't feel good. I was like, I didn't do anything, but Mm -hmm. I did. I created a whole entire course to help people, but I was so used to putting, getting my hands dirty, right? We have this idea that we have to work hard, quote unquote, to like get the money that you deserve. Right. And I completely dismissed the whole year of working on that course and it and it it made me realize that the, the money situation is so much deeper. It's so much deeper than just budgets and getting out of debt. Fascinating. And then not to mention, like you speak to stylists mostly, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's your target audience. Yep. A lot of us hairstylists that come into this industry, I mean, I know there are some that join because they're like just super motivated and they want to be like, you know, top-notch hairstylists and they've always wanted to do it. But for a lot of us, it's like, I'm not smart enough to go to college. You know, I don't have the support I need. Whatever the the like limiting beliefs that we have are where we go into beauty school and we think, well, I'll just go to hair school. You know, yep. at least I could have some income. So we come in already not feeling confident in ourselves, let alone having money mindset and all this business stuff. So I wonder um, with your specific coaching, like what what's the first hurdle that you have to get over with hairstylists in order to kind of like help them move through their journey? Oh my gosh. Well, I would say the first thing, a lot of times just actually them investing in me as a coach is the hardest part. Um, That is definitely, a lot of times people think, well, I already feel broke, right? Like, what am I going to, like, I'm going to pay her money when I already feel broke. Like, this doesn't make sense. Um, And I never talk people into like, no, you need to work with me. But I I wish I could remind people (laughs) that that is literally why you hire me, to no longer feel broke. Like one of my favorite testimonials is um, one of my past clients, Ray, she had said that she thought she was going to have to put all of her payments on a credit card and she never had to put one on a credit card because that is literally what I teach people, right? So I think the biggest hurdle is one, I really don't even think it's about the money. I think it's about that, that trusting your decision, 
So people think that I'm going to pay, they're going to pay me and then they're not going to do the work. So I'm going to waste my money because I'm not going to be able to do what she is telling me to do. Right. Um, and I think that that can be the hardest part sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I always say to people like, you're thinking too much about what you might lose. You have to think about what you could possibly gain because so many times what you're gaining can is so much more than what you're actually losing. Yeah. I mean, that $99 that I paid for that DVD, like that was priceless. I mean, I have made that back times a thousand. I don't want to say a million yet, but I'll get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, so I think that sometimes that's the hardest part is like, hey, you got to trust that you're actually going to make the change, but you got to want to make the change. You've got to want to. That's another thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's like people want what's on the other side, but they don't want to actually like dive in and do the work. Like my favorite thing when I get on a consult with a one on one client is they say, I'm hiring you and going to a therapist at the same time. Because, like, again, this this work is it's an internal, it's internal. Yeah. I mean, I can give you spreadsheets all day long, but like, you know, it's very internal. (laughs) Right, right. I know. And as much as I absolutely love the beauty industry so much, I feel like it definitely encourages that mindset of like instant gratification, right? It doesn't teach you to be patient with yourself and trust yourself. You just go to work, you do the client, you get paid. And it's like cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching all the time. Yep. It does not train us to trust, to do anything else. Right. And I, and I think that the trust is is interesting because I don't think we always realize that's what the problem is. You know, I think that we kind of get stuck in our ways and and really like I hear all the time, well, I'm not a numbers person. You do not have to be a numbers person. It's not about the numbers. It's about the habits. And I think that's what we forget is and and so many times like we know our we know what our issue is. You know, we, we know, oh, I know that I go in Target and buy too much. I know that I click, you know, ads a cart on Amazon all the time. Like we know what our problem is, but we don't necessarily know how to make it stop or we don't necessarily know why we're doing what we're doing. And that's what I try to get. I'm like, okay, so somebody tells me an issue that they have. Well, why are you doing that? Oh, well, you know, I'm bored. Okay. What could you do instead? Okay, could you call a friend and have an hour-long conversation with somebody that you haven't talked to in a long time? Like that's going to make you feel good not just for that time you're on the phone with them, but for the rest of the day. You know, but clicking add to cart makes you feel good for 15 seconds and then it comes to your door the next day and you don't even remember what the hell you bought. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. And then you feel guilty because you wish you would have put that money somewhere else. You know, so I think that pinpointing why we are doing what we're doing I have a good story with this, actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of my clients, um, she told me, and this was, you know, we're we're in our, I work with people for about six months. So we're in our our little cocoon of of coaching. And she said, I figured something out today. And I said, oh yeah, what is that? And she said that she had bought a Nespresso machine or whatever, some coffee machine. And um, she wasn't using it. She still was going through Starbucks every day before work. And what she realized, it wasn't the Starbucks coffee that she liked. It was that she was so tired in the salon, she didn't want to wash another cup. So she didn't want to wash another mug. She didn't want, so she just felt like if she got the Starbucks, she could throw it away. It's easy. So she went to Costco or wherever and bought disposable coffee mugs and made her own coffee at home. And it's like, it's little stuff like that, where it's like, are you spending money for convenience? Are you spending money for more time? Like figuring out why are you spending the money and then what you can do to 
you know, pivot if need be. If you're spending the money on something and you absolutely love everything about it, like truly love it. Right. Not like I deserve it. Like, you know, like you really, really love it. That's different, you know, but we're doing so many things that that doesn't fall in that category. And I'm sure this is really similar to the kind of behavior that people have when it comes to weight loss journeys, right? Or or weight gain journeys, like whatever their goals are, right? Fitness journeys in general, you maybe set a plan, but then you like deviate from it all the time. It's like, yep. why did I just sabotage my plan, right? Yes. There's, there's a why behind it. And I think yep. people are never successful until they figure out the why. Well, and they sabotage and then they just stop. Mm-hmm. And that's another problem too. It's like, okay, you're going to make mistakes. I've been budgeting now for what, five, six years. Like I still have never had a perfect budget ever because it's not about perfection. It's about consistency, right? So you, you know, spend on something that you wish you wouldn't have spent on. Okay, fine. That doesn't mean that you're going to go and spend the rest of your paycheck on something you wish you wouldn't have spent on. Like you just have to know how to acknowledge it and then have to know how to kind of move forward from there. Um, I think that's a lot of the problem with weight loss too. Like you have the one cheat meal or you don't go to the gym and then you just stop going. Well, this doesn't work. But yeah. you don't know if something doesn't work if you're not consistent long enough with it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I will say with the money journey too, three months, if you can stay as consistent as possible, that doesn't mean you're not going to mess up, but stay consistent as possible for three months, you will see a difference. You will feel more in control of your finances. The numbers might not change. Your bank account might not have any more money in it. You might not be any, well, you'll be a little bit closer to paying off your debt. But if you stay consistent with like the path, you are going to feel like you're in control. So I think that for anyone listening, that's like, I've tried that. It doesn't work. Have you tried it consistently? Or did you try it one time? Something didn't go right. And then you just gave up because there's a very big difference. Absolutely. 100%. Oh, so good. So I'm curious with your coaching then. So I'm like trying to equate this to something tangible for me, like a personal trainer, right? Yeah. Like, let's say you you hire a personal training coach. They're going to be checking in with you at every meal time. Like, how you doing? You hitting your macros? How you doing good? Do you check in with people on a regular basis like that? Or like, what's your flow like? It depends on what somebody needs because it depends. So what we do is if you work with me, we are talking bi-weekly for the first two months. And then we're talking once a month for the rest of the six months. And then there's boxer support. So anytime somebody needs me or has a question or is just having a moment, I mean, I've had somebody just be like, I'm just, I feel like I want to go shopping. You know what I mean? Like just having a moment in general. Um, there's the constant six month support as well as a, um, the, course that they can watch on their own with their significant other if they have one, which I recommend. Um, So it just depends. You know, I have some people that, yes, they need that accountability. They need that. Like if I have somebody who has moved their call, right, because they didn't do their homework, I'm going to, we need to chat because that's not usually what, like if you didn't do your homework, we need the call more than anything. Um, so it just depends on the person. I really think that the money journey is not one size fits all at all. Um, I think everyone is very different. So I just give the people what they need. <laughs> give the people what give they the need. Give the people what they need. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I saw you post something. It might have been ooh, three weeks ago, four weeks ago now. Um, it was something about like, you know, I want you guys to know I'm about to go on this trip and like do all these traveling things. And it's because 
I prioritize, you know, values. And like, like you said something about like not driving a new car or whatever. And I was like, mm-hmm. yes, I have yeah. got my old jalopy in the driveway. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the, um, should we call them sacrifices? I don't know if st- that seems like not the right word in this, right? But I mean, like- I don't mind that word. Some people hate that word. I mean, I it's kind of what it is. I don't know. I call it value-based spending. I mean, because I think that sacrifices just scares people away, right? We get back into the shame and the judgment. Um, but like, I don't give a shit about my car. I literally, the salon that I work in, I could walk to in five minutes. So uh, we have a 2012 Tacoma and it's fine. And, and for me, I don't care. You know, um, we haven't done a bunch of home renovations yet because I've been traveling and we've, you know, we've been prioritizing family vacations for spring break. Um, we just took my son to Mexico and to an amazing resort, you know, um, could we have completely redone our living room and and knocked down the wall? I want to walk, knock down sure for that cost. Sure. But I'm just in this phase right now where the experiences are, are more than, that I want the experiences, you know? And I think that sometimes we get into that whole, are people judging us or do what, what back to the shoulds I use should all the time, right? What should I be doing? You know, my husband, I don't go out to eat that much right now because I'm trying to build this business and I'm going on all these trips on top of it. Um, that's okay with us, you know? So I think letting go of like what you think your life is supposed to look like and what everyone around you or the comparison that we all have with, you know, Instagram and all of that, like you have to put your blinders on as much as possible and say, what do I want for my life and how can I make that happen? Um, and that's much easier said than done, but it's always fucking worth it. It's always, always worth it. I mean, my 2012 Tacoma and not going out to eat for a month, I just went to Italy for nine days. Like, yeah. I mean, yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think maybe the, the takeaway here is that you have to have a clear goal in mind and like a goal, but also like what's important to you in order to yeah. like always keep your focus. Cause I feel like I'm pretty good at that myself. Mm-hmm. Um, like we kind of have like the crappiest house in the nicest neighborhood. Right. Um, which definitely needs some remodeling. I drive an old vehicle and all it takes is me getting a ride in a friend's brand new Tesla or going to a friend's house that is like Instagram, beautiful and perfect for me to start second guessing my choices and being like, Oh shit, I really need to remodel our house or Ooh, my yep. car is funky, you know? Yep. It's so true. It's hard. It's Mm -hmm. really, really hard sometimes because, and then it's hard to kind of figure out what it is that you really want and what it is that you think you really want. Yeah. You know, I think that that is, you know, I've been saying for years that I want a forerunner coming home from Italy. I'm like, what do I need that big car for? You know what I mean? I'm like, like, maybe I don't need that. Like, and it's, so it's very interesting of kind of figure like when I ask somebody, what do you want? What do you want out of your life? That is the hardest question for some people to answer. And I think that it's something that anyone listening to this, like if I ask you like, what do you want out of your life? Don't, you can't answer right away. You have to think about it. You have to journal about it. Like it, it's so much deeper than like it sounds, you know, well, oh, I want security. Everyone says freedom, security. Okay. But what does that freedom look like? You know? what does that look like? Like for me, I want to be able to just go to Italy, like out of nowhere, you know, that would be amazing. Um, 
But for some, they want the nice fancy thing. Why do you want the nice fancy thing? Are you trying to prove your success to somebody? Is it because you truly want it? Like there's a big difference in in those things. So um, I think really understanding why you want something and that takes the deep work. Again, I bring up the deep work a lot. It's like growth mindset or it ain't going to (laughs) happen. Totally. Yeah. Which makes total sense why you would want to do the life coaching piece with this too. Like they literally go hand in hand. Yes. You have to. You have. I mean, I realized that very quickly. Like I thought I was just going to be like, you know, okay, we're going to like give you a debt payoff plan and, you know, teach you how to properly make a spending plan. And it, it, it does not, there's so much more to it. I mean, the life coaching aspect is, and personally my favorite part, I mean, it's easy to teach some action steps, but to dive in, it's a little harder. I mean, it's very, very, very normal for my clients to cry on zoom. (laughs) Not that I want them to cry, but you know, it's definitely money brings up a lot of shit. There's money trauma that we don't realize. There's just so many there's, it just brings up a lot. It absolutely does. And it's one of the like weirdest things to talk about too. It's like taboo to talk about with your friends. So it's kind of like this thing that we like hold close, but we want to make it seem like we have a lot of, it's, it's really weird. Like my husband and I talk about this all the time. There's a high school down the street from us where I swear 60% of the vehicles in the parking lot are like $80,000 trucks. And we're like, can we see these people's income? Like, are we missing something here? Because I feel like this is insane, (laughs) you know? So let's talk about that for a second, because this is something I like to, to talk about as well, because I think that how many times have you been like, how could they afford that? Oh, all the time. All the time, right? Yeah. The thing is, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, it is none of our business how anyone can afford anything because we don't know if they are in deep debt because of that truck. We don't know if their family bought them that truck. We don't know if they've saved for years to be able to buy that truck. Like we have no idea how anyone has or is able to do anything, right? So it's hard sitting and comparing what we don't have to what someone else has when we do not even know they could be fighting every night because he has that truck payment, right? Like you just never know. So I try to catch myself because I'll still, I mean, we all do it, right? Totally. But you got to even start thinking about how am I perceiving others? Because you're perceiving, the way you're perceiving others is actually how you're perceiving yourself right? So what if you got to a financial position where you could easily pay cash and buy that truck? You might even have some like judgment around yourself for that. Well, I don't really deserve that, right? So we have to pay attention to all of those things. Um, and yeah, it because it goes a long way. It's that, you know, voice in our head and we listen to it, unfortunately. And 95% of the time, it's not true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So fascinating. I feel like we can talk about this stuff forever because it goes super deep. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, easily. I mean, I do. I talk about that's all I do all day is talk. About- <laughs> I love so it. When you have a, um, I almost said patient, <laughs> a patient, uh, yeah. a, a client, a, a uh-huh. stylist who's a client, um, more or less graduate from your services and your training, do you have like other people that you recommend them to like, okay, once they've got their like personal finances dialed in, they've got some goals. Do you have someone that you like recommend them to for like business stuff or anything like that? 
Yeah, absolutely. Depending on what they want, you know, um, Brett Fellows Unchained from the Chair, if you're looking for investment stuff that he is like, I am constantly dropping his name. Um, you know, Kelly Scissors makes sense. If you're looking for business, me and her are very, very alike when it comes to money. Um, and then she helps with the business side of it. I help with the personal side of it. Uh, Nina Tulio is she's actually in my course this time talking about pricing. She's like one of my favorite humans on the planet. Um, yes, absolutely. There are so many, I mean, it depends on what somebody's looking for, you know, and their personality. Cause mm. that matters too, you know? Yeah. It, yeah. It's so true. Like there are some people that I find online that are, are like, Ooh, just rub me the wrong way. Right. And then others mm -hmm. that you just feel like resonate with you so well. And you have to find the person that talks in a way that you understand. You know, because you could have somebody that's trying to help you, but they're just like talking to you in a way that you're like, I don't know. This isn't what <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Which, yeah. You know, I feel like uh, I'm so glad that the industry is having a moment right now. There seems to be a, a lot of people that are doing good work like you're doing and speaking yeah. in a way that people understand. Because I feel like for the longest time, like business and money, and it, it was all Dave Ramsey, right? Yeah. Um, where I feel like a lot of creatives that come into this industry are going to look at him and be like, blah, like that's yep. just clearly I suck at money because I can't even listen to this guy talk, right? Yep. And mm -hmm. I'm so happy that there's a lot of like, softer voices maybe in the crowd now that are kind of speaking the same thing, but in a different way. Yeah. I mean, I think that if you think about it, right, you think about somebody shaming and judging like, like a lot of, and there's other fitness fitness. Now you got me thinking about personal trainers. Um, there's <laughs> other finance people out there that are like that too, where it's like this, this like, um, pain point marketing, right. But you're just kind of a Jody taught me this, by the way, I'm going to give her a shout out, you know, pain point marketing is just going to attract people that just want to complain. And I just, when it comes to money, I don't, I don't want, I want to change the whole narrative. I want to change the whole narrative around it. You know, I, I want people to be able to sit around and have conversations about their finances in a way that is going to empower them to make changes. And if you're going through a journey of making changes in your finances, I want you to be able to go to the salon and have that conversation with other sites. Like I want it to trickle down because I think that especially with the internet and even these like, um, you know, the, the hairstyle, the funny quote unquote jokes, these hairstyles are making that really shows all the like toxic shit in our industry. Like we can change that by changing our financial situation. Me being in this neighborhood and meeting neighbors and they're like, what do you do? Oh, I'm a hairstylist. They are shocked, shocked. They, they literally immediately asked me what my husband does, because obviously I couldn't live here with what I do. And I'm tired of that. I want you to be in the neighborhoods that people think you don't belong in because they think you just have a hobby, right? But we have to start changing that. We have to start looking at money as a positive thing, looking at it as a tool to create the life that you actually want and not this bad, horrible thing like, oh, I, you know, I mean, everyone says they want to make a lot of money, but but doesn't necessarily believe they deserve to make a lot of money. There's, there's a, a disconnect. Um, and I just, I want to, I want to change that. I want money to be a good conversation to have and not the shameful. Do you know how many people have debt? So many people have debt, but we're so quiet about it. And we, we're so shame. We feel so much shame about it. You know what I mean? But if you actually start having conversations and maybe, you know, not putting the judgment on it and actually doing something about it, it's going to go a long way. Yeah. So I kind of yeah. want a tangent here. 
again, but. Oh, I love it. I love it. I get very passionate about this. (laughs) I can tell. And that's why I love having these kind of conversations with people that are very passionate about what they do, because it's it's easy to feel. It's like palpable how passionate you are. And then I feel like that's like attractive to someone to be like, I want that, right? Like I want to come work with you so I can feel that in my life and be that excited about something. It's great. That's what I want too. (laughs) I do. I was like, I just, it's just, it's an important topic. Yeah. It's just important. And I wish people understood how important it was and, and stop ignoring it because there's all the stress and we ignore the, the money aspect of it. And it's just the stress cycle. You know, I'm ignoring money. So money is going to continue to stress me out. And, and really the thing that you're avoiding is the thing that's going to take that anxiety and that stress away. So please, please, please stop avoiding it and actually start like paying attention to what needs to be changed because nothing changes if nothing changes. Yeah. Okay, so let's lead with that. If someone's like, all right, Misty, tell me what to do. What is step one for someone that's listening to this that wants to start making the changes? Yep, assessing your situation, step one. And this is not just like looking at your bank statements. That's part of it. I want you to sit down. I want you to comb through your bank statements. Like I, not just your balances. I want you to add up your debt. I do want you to see what your balances are. I want you to see how much interest you're paying as well. Cause that's always what? fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I want you to start highlighting how much are you spending on coffee? How much are you spending at tar- Starbucks? You do not have to do this to stop doing it. You have to do it to become aware of where your money is going. Okay. So that's going to be part of step one. The other part, what did you see growing up? What was the money stories that you got brought up with? Did they not talk about money at all? Did every time a parent sat down at the dining room table to pay bills, they were angry and mad and in a bad mood? Like, what is it that you saw growing up? Because that's a big piece of all this puzzle as well. It's not just what's happening. It's why you're doing what you're doing. Um, A lot of times people don't want to talk about money because it was such a, a, um, a, um, like form of tension in their households growing up. So the moment they see a bill or the moment that they sit down to look at their finances, all those feelings that maybe parents arguing that they had, they start to feel. Um, so I, body keeps score. I don't know if you've ever read that book. Great book, but no. our body holds on to a lot of the feelings, um, that we had when we were younger. And once you get triggered, it literally is like it's happening again. So that is a big piece of it as well. So you have to really assess your situation, mindset, and actions. That is step one. And then where do you come into play in this? Like, let's say they, they audit their, uh, life purchases, right. And they, Mm -hmm. they kind of have an idea of what's going on and they need help. What do you think step one should be in your customer journey? Um, step one would be contact me even before that. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's like step one when we work together. Cause again, that can go a little deeper as well. And honestly, that's when the feelings get brought up. That's that. I think that the first couple calls are the hardest just because that is when all of that hidden stuff that you didn't even realize was part of your financial journey starts to bubble to the top. And that's when we need to start really diving into it and talking about it. Because again, somebody's going to sit down, they're going to hear this podcast, they're going to sit down and do that. And they're going to have lots of feelings and they're not going to know what to do with them. Um, so I think even before that, if you know that something needs to change in your financial situation, contact me period. Um, 
I, I just think that you need the the support. You need the accountability because it's so easy. And there are the DIYers out there, don't get me wrong, um, which I have something for you as well. So I kind of tried to make sure because I was a bit of a DIYer, right? Like I watched the video. I listened to money podcasts. I didn't have a coach. It is possible, but not everyone, like some people need more support than others. Um So, and honestly, like even with the group coaching, having other stylists be in the same position is super helpful because it feels like you're alone and you're not, trust me, you're not. Totally. Oh, sense of solidarity for everything in life, right? Yeah, for sure. It goes a long way. Awesome. Okay. So if someone wants to contact you, what's the recommended way to do that? Instagram. I live on Instagram. Yeah. You can find me at underscore Misty Jane and that's Jane with a Y underscore or at the Cash Confident Stylist. That's the name of the podcast. Um, That is like, yeah, I answer all DMs. I'm I'm not like, you know, I'm not amazingly popular where I can't (laughs) answer people. (laughs) Thousands of DMs a day. Yeah, exactly. Like I, you can DM me. I will answer you probably within 24 hours. If not an hour. Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Well, thank you so much for that. And I think, didn't we talk about before we started recording that you had a little coupon code for my listeners? Yes, absolutely. So I'm going to give you the link so that you can put it in the show notes. So they really don't even need the code, but it is going to be YHM10 and my Bye Bye Debt Blueprint. It's a $47. um, There's a video. There is a how to get like the calculator that's actually going to create your debt payoff plan for you, but your listeners are going to get $10 off. So 37 bucks. Um, and it is just, it's your game plan when it comes to getting out of debt. So you're welcome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I was just (laughs) about to say, and thank you. Yeah. That sounds so great. Well, uh, this is really a pleasure and a treat to have you come on here and chat with you. I just feel like you're very easy to talk to and clearly passionate about what you're doing, which is so great. And I think I should probably calm down. (laughs) No, no, please don't calm down. I feel like I, I feel like I can match your energy really well. Like sometimes I have people come on that are like very soft spoken and calm. And I try to, you know, you kind of match whoever you're speaking with, but I feel like you and I could just jam all day. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Which I think you're coming on my podcast soon. So we'll do that (laughs) perfect perfect awesome well thank you so much misty it's been a pleasure and um, i will put all of those juicy notes in the show notes for all my listeners thank you so much for having me this was fun all right we'll be in touch All right, my friend, that wraps up this week's podcast episode with Misty Jane from the Cash Confident Stylist. I hope you go have a listen to her podcast as well, where you will find an episode with me in there, believe it or not. And um, anyway, I just, I hope you got some value out of this and it kind of piqued your interest a little bit because... Uh, money was not something that I ever really thought about and it's all Misty thinks about. And so it's really kind of fun to hear someone else's perspective and realize that, oh wait, I could do that myself too. So, um, anyway, I hope you got some value out of this podcast episode and if you loved it and you feel inclined to share it with someone, please do that. Tell your neighbors, tell your friends, sharing is caring. I love it. And I love you for listening so much, my friend. And as I always like to say, have a wonderful hair day and I'll see you next time. Okay, bye. Hey friend, Crystal here, and I've got something special for you that's too good to miss. 
Introducing the wildly popular Confident Conversations Bootcamp, where we unlock the three secret stylist skills that attract clients who pay. In just three classes, we'll transform how you communicate, connect, and turn every conversation in the salon into a formula for high-paying clients. It's not magic, it's mastery of words, presence, and the kind of confidence that turns heads. So why sign up? Because mastering these skills means more than just full books. It's about crafting a career that's as rewarding financially as it is creatively. We're talking quality clients who value your expertise and are happy to pay you for it. And the best part, it's completely free. You heard right. It's my gift to you, friend. So if you're ready to elevate your behind-the-chair game and attract the clientele you've always dreamed of, this boot camp is your first step. Spaces are limited, and trust me, friend, you don't want to miss out on this transformation. So head on over to www.yourhairmentor.com to secure your spot today. Let's make sure that your talent is undeniable and your chair the hottest ticket in town. Cheers to clients who pay and a career that slays. I cannot wait to see you at the Confident Conversations Bootcamp, my friend.